Welcome to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that Jesus is needed and relevant for people in Vancouver today. The message of God's love and promise of wholeness was destined to be experienced within a faith community that worships, studies scripture, and prays together. We warmly welcome you to journey with us towards greater connection, purpose, and peace. We'll be sharing our recorded services and conversations with health and wellness experts. Enjoy. Good morning and happy Sabbath, OAC. I am so excited to be with you this morning all the way in Vancouver. I have missed all of you from the children to the seniors. I've missed all of you. And I hope that you all are still rejoicing in the Lord through it all and counting your blessings each and every single day. As for me, I've been doing well. I've been hanging on to the shepherd of my soul. He's been taking care of me just fine. And uh, as you can see, I look a little different. I've taken some weight and I, I am trying to grow a beard. You know, I look rough, just like one of the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. But I still give God the glory. On a serious note, I do want to thank God for this opportunity and also uh, Pastor Rhoda uh, for inviting me to speak for Gospel Sabbath. Uh, let me remind you that you have a great pastor at OAC. You're truly blessed to have Pastor Rhoda as your lead pastor. So never stop praying for her. Never stop supporting Pastor Rhoda. Today, for the celebration of Black History Month, I will simply share about Black presence in the Bible. But I will not share the entire list with you, of course, just a few. So I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible. And my main two texts today are in Genesis and Revelation. So Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27, and Revelation 7, verse 9. Genesis 1 verse 26 reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Revelation 7 verse 9, John says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all people, of all nations, all tribes, all tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. This morning I've entitled the presentation, We Are Not God's Afterthoughts. We are not the afterthoughts of the Creator. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, this morning I am completely in your hands. Pray that you will hide me totally behind the cross and speak to your children. Remind us, Lord, regardless of our ethnicity, social class, skin color, we are all equal. We are all important to you. We all have a special place in your heart. So this morning, Lord, it's your turn. Talk to your children. In your name I pray. Amen. I remember being confused, puzzled 
The first time that I heard that there were black people in the Bible. I mean, it just didn't make any sense to me. Why would there be black people in the Bible? I thought, I always thought that like we, we were like a late edition of something. And for some reason, I thought that all the biblical characters did not look anything like me. Growing up, like many Caribbean and African children, I always thought the biblical characters all had blonde hair and blue eyes. I thought they did not look anything like me. I mean, that's what I'd see everywhere. I didn't have to travel far. The Christian movies and the Hollywood movies made me believe this. I didn't have to travel far to see the blue eyes of Moses or the white skin of Moses' black wife. I know, make it make sense. I didn't have to travel far to see the blonde hair of Jesus. They were in many churches and just one Google search away. One Google image search away. But the truth is, Jesus was a brown-skinned Middle Eastern Jew. But the Jesus I knew was white. He couldn't have been anything but white. That's how I had always seen him. And like many people of color, I wondered if my people were part of the big picture that God was drawing. I mean, what does it mean that Jesus came for all when I feel left out of the picture? I wondered, I wondered where the black people were. I wondered if we had a part to play or if we contributed to the story. And my interest came when I had to write an essay about the Atlantic slave trade. And one of the effects of racism that I learned was the whitewashing of history. The whitewashing of history, even biblical history. And the whitewashing is simply to cover or rewrite the history of black people. It's taking out important element in black history to make us believe another modified story, to make us believe something else that was not true. Our story was erased. We've been pushed out of the picture, completely forgotten. And if you don't understand what I mean by whitewashing of history, well, let me give you an example. For a few seconds, I will talk about someone who fought against injustice and racial discrimination. And your responsibility will, will be to guess who that person is. So you will guess who this person is. And right after, I will show you the picture. All right. So the first person, he was an African-American Baptist minister who was a leader in the civil rights movement in the mid-1950s. He is famous for writing a speech entitled, I have a dream. Who is this person? You are right. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Now, let me show you a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. He looks like this. All right. Now, let me show you someone who was in Canada. She was a black, business man, a black businesswoman born in Nova Scotia. She was jailed and convicted for refusing to leave a whites-only theater. She resisted racial discrimination, and her picture now appears on our Canadian $10 bill. Who is this black businesswoman? It's Viola Desmond. You got it right. Well, let me show you a picture of Viola Desmond. She looks like this. 
Now, I know a lot of you are probably confused. Well, this is exactly how black people are confused when our story is misrepresented. We just cannot make it make sense. This is how confused we are when our history was erased to make us believe that our story began with slavery or that we did not contribute at all to anything in history. And like the late Nigerian novelist said, until the lions have their own historians, the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. Until the lions have their own historians, the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. And this is, this is one of the reasons why Black History Month is important. We're claiming back our story. It's a reminder that our story did not start with slavery, but slavery only interrupted it. We go way back. So it's a reminder. So as a reminder today, I want to say that Black history goes way back. Way back. Before that, we were scientists, doctors, teachers, court officials in Africa. And we even go way, way back. Way, way back to the Garden of Eden. To the beginning of everything when God was creating, fashioning all humanity in his image. He made Adam with the dust of the ground. And in Adam were all the possibilities for the future generation, the future nations, the future tribes and cultures. God planned for the Africans to exist. God planned for the Caribbeans to exist. God planned for the Hispanics to exist. God planned for the Latinos to exist. God planned for the natives to exist. He planned for the Asians to exist. He planned for the Europeans to exist. Now, in case you've missed the first point, well, black people are not God's afterthoughts because we are all made in the image of God. We're all made in the imago Dei, the image of God. And the point of Genesis 1.27 is to tell us that we are all equal from the same dust, from the same dust of the ground, from the very dark skin to the white skin, that we are all created equal, fashioned in the imago Dei, meaning that humans are not just anybody and black people are not property. God planned for us to exist. He created us with intrinsic worth, value, and purpose. We are part of the same family, children of the same God. And this is why the notion of racism doesn't make any sense. Because racism, like an author says, it's a denial that we're all created in the image of God. It's a denial that we're all created in the image of God. And many biblical texts were taken out of context and twisted like the curse of Ham in Genesis 9 to prove that the black skin was a curse or inferior. But the truth is black skin is not a curse because God made it. Black skin is not inferior because God made it. So therefore, I am black and proud. I am black and beautiful. We should love our melanin. We should love our curly Afro-textured hair because we are not the afterthoughts of the Creator. We are fashioned by Him and we matter to Him. Acts says we are one blood, one blood. 
even in the midst of our differences, we're all the same. We all find our intrinsic worth on page one of Genesis. Page one of Genesis. And this, this gives every individual in the world a remarkable status before God. It demolishes every theory of racial superiority or racial inferiority. Not only that we're all created in God's image, but black people were also seen throughout the Bible. We are seen throughout the Bible. We are included in the story. Black people are included in the book. The Bible is a multicultural book. And this is not just my opinion. This is a statement that is backed up by archaeology, by history, and by the Bible itself. So the Bible is not just a, a European-centered book or a group about, about one particular group of people like I used to think. The Bible is indeed a multicultural book. And the sections in the Bible that sometimes show how multicultural it is, how the sections that you and I like to skip, the genealogies. Oh, man, the genealogies. I've skipped all of them. I just like skipping all of them. Reading the long, boring names that nobody can pronounce. I just like to skip all of them. But the thing is, they're all important. They're included for a reason. They're included because race is important to God. And like an author said, he said that the main message communicated through this boring list of names is that God is interested in where peoples and nations came from. God is interested in where nations and people came from. So, For example, when you look at the table of nations in Genesis 10, after the flood, it gives us the origins of several nations in the world. In Genesis 10, verse 1 reads, Now this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And sons were born to them after the flood. Now it is generally accepted that Ham is the father of the African nations. Ham means darkened, dark brown. Now in Genesis 10 verse 6, it talks about the sons of Ham. And it says the sons of Ham were Cush, Mitzrayim, Puth, and Canaan. Cush, meaning Ethiopia. Mitzrayim, Egypt. Puth, Libya, and Canaan, the Canaanites. In verse 7, it talks about the sons of Cush, where Sheba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Sabaktekak. I'm telling you, some, some of these names, I really can't pronounce them. I just usually skip them. And it says, and the sons of Rama were Sheba and Dadan. So, so, so here in Genesis 10, in the table of nations, black people, the Cushites, are included. We are included. Now, there are many examples of black people in the Bible. I'll just, I'll just share a few with you. For example, Moses' wife was a black woman. Moses' wife was a Cushite, like it says in Numbers verse 12, like in Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. She was a Cushite, daughter of Jethro. Her name was Zipporah. There's also the powerful, beautiful, wealthy black queen in the Bible by the name of Queen Sheba. Queen Sheba, she went to test Solomon's wisdom. You remember that she went to test Solomon's 
wisdom. And once he had answered all of her questions and really shown her his wisdom, she presented Solomon, uh, she presented Solomon with lavish gifts. You also got the great nephew of Moses. His name was Phineas, the sons of Eliezer, the high priest. Now his name also means the black or the bronze-colored one. Now there's also someone by the name of Abedmelech. There's a brother by the name of Abedmelech. You probably haven't heard of this guy, but this guy saved the life of the prophet Jeremiah. My man Jeremiah was struggling a lot. So a, bu a bunch of people took my man Jeremiah. They actually threw him in a dungeon. He had no food, no water. He was actually struggling hard about to die. But Abedmelech went to the king and asked him to remove Jeremiah from the dungeon and the king allowed him to remove Jeremiah. Abedmelech was a Cushite. Abedmelech was an Ethiopian. And prophet Jeremiah sometimes would mention the Cushites and the Egyptians. Um, and in Jeremiah 13 verse 23, he asked a rhetorical question. He says, he asked, can the Ethiopians change his skin or the leopard its spots? Now it's a rhetorical question just to show that some things in life are unchangeable. Some things in life are unchangeable. Then you find many examples of black people in the Bible. But let me say this. Uh, the biblical authors, they were all color conscious. They were all color conscious, but not as a basis of enslavement, not as a basis of oppression not as a basis of demeaning identity. They knew what black skin was. They knew how a black person looked like, but there was nothing attached to it. There was nothing attached to it. So here we're part of the story. The Bible really is a multicultural book and even the Israelites were a diverse group of people. Even the Israelites were a diverse group of people. In Exodus 12, verse 38, when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, the Bible says that a mixed multitude went with them. A mixed multitude also left Egypt. So, so they reflected a wide range of ethnic diversity. They reflected a wide range of ethnic diversity. Charles Cooper used to be a leading Bible scholar in the field of black presence in the Bible. And he said, from slaves to rulers, from court officials to authors who, were, who wrote parts of the Old Testament itself, from lawgivers to prophets, black people and their lands and individual black persons appear numerous times, numerous times. In the veins of Hebrew, Israelite, Judahite, Jewish, Jewish peoples flowed black blood, flowed black blood. We are not, we are not the afterthoughts of the creator. We are made in his image. We are included in the Bible. And God had been working through us for the advancement of his kingdom. Meaning that we've also contributed to the work of God on earth. We contributed to the work of God on earth. Now, I cannot help but think about my black brother, Simon of Serene, who was there to help Jesus carry the cross when he needed help. 
Simon of Cyrene. Cyrene is a city in Libya. I cannot forget about the Egyptian eunuch, who was a wealthy man, a man of high class, who wanted to know more about Christ. And he got baptized in his name, becoming the first Gentile to be baptized. And he spread the gospel in Ethiopia. In Acts 13 verse 1, there is a black brother, Simon of Niger. Niger meaning black. He was an African man who was part of the leadership in the church, in the church of Antioch. He was one of the teachers or prophets. He was included. He was part of the leadership of the church. So now there has been this argument that Christianity is a white man's religion. You've probably heard that. You've probably heard people say that the Africans only learned the gospel through slavery. But this argument does not stand at all. Because black people were already part of the church and the church leadership even in the first century. God had been working through black people in the first century for the advancement of his kingdom. God had already been working through black people in the first century for the advancement of his kingdom. Ethiopia was the first Christian kingdom. And Christianity spread in Ethiopia. And by the 4th century, Christianity became the state religion. And there were also many African theologians who've contributed to the work of God on earth. People like Tertullian, who came up with the, with the term Trinity. Now the term Trinity is not in your Bible, but the concept is there. So he was the first theologian to put the term together, to coin it. His name is Tertullian. You've, you've also got Athanasius. Athanasius, he defended the divinity of Jesus at the Council of Nicaea. There's also a brother by the name of Augustine. He is he's known as one of the greatest theologians, a greatest thinker, one of the most influential thinkers, and, 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 and he's influenced Western theology and philosophy. And there were also many more, but I just wanted to show you that many Africans already knew about Jesus before slavery. We didn't learn about Jesus. We didn't learn about Jesus only through slavery. Now, of course, Europeans they taught a lot of black people about Jesus, of course. But the notion that we only learned about Jesus through slavery does not stand at all because God had already been at work before slavery in Africa through black people. Now I know this is a lot of information, but the point is that black people have contributed to the work of God on earth, and we are still contributing to his work on earth. We are still contributing to his work on earth. All of us, all of us have the same mission. We have the same mission. All of us are contributing to his work on earth until he comes back to lead us home. Until he comes back to lead us home. And Revelation draws a powerful picture of that, of the redeemed of earth. Revelation 7 verse 9 says, A great, John, John saw a great multitude, which no one could number, of all people, of all tribes and tongues and nations, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. 
clothed with white robes and with palms, with palm branches in their hands. Look, God has a big family, a big family of people of all different backgrounds and ethnicities, different languages and cultures, just like at Oak Ridge Church. All of us, different, but one in Christ. There is no distinction. All of us are one in Christ. And this is a proof to me, Oak Ridge family, that God is at work within every culture. That the Holy Spirit is currently ministering to all people everywhere on earth. He's not just the God of the Europeans, but he's also the God of the Africans. He's the God of the Hispanics, the Latinos. He's the God of the Asians. He's the God of the natives. He's the God of the, he's the God of everyone. God is at work in every culture. Now, as a way to conclude, let me tell you a story. Some centuries ago, there was an old rabbi. And he asked his students how they can tell when the night has ended and when a new day has begun. So the rabbi asked his students how they can tell when the night has ended and when a new day has begun. So one of the students asked, could it be when you see an animal from a distance and can tell whether it's a sheep or a dog? The rabbi said no. One of them asked, another one asked, what could it be when you see a tree from a distance and can tell whether it's a fig tree or a peach tree? The rabbi said no. Wrong answer. But the students wanted to know the answer. They were curious and so they asked him, when is it then? How can we tell when the night has ended and when a new day has begun. The rabbi pondered a moment and he gently said, it is when you look on the face of any man or woman and see that he or she is your brother or your sister. It is when you look on the face of any man or woman on earth and can see that he or she is your brother or your sister. Until we see that we are part of the same family. Until we see that we're all equal, regardless of skin color. Until we see that we're all created, fashioned in the Imago Dei. It's still going to be the night. It's still going to be the night. It's time for all of us to welcome a new day. Don't you ever forget that we're all part of the same family. Don't you ever forget that we're all created in the image of God. God included us in his story and he can use us for his glory. He can use all of us regardless of our gender, regardless of our skin color regardless of our ethnicity. He can use us for his glory. In the midst of everything happening in the world, let us all stand against racism. Let's all stand against discrimination. Let's make this world a better world as we prepare for the soon coming world. Let's make this world a better world 
as we prepare for the soon coming word. May God bless you all and may God give you strength to make this world a better place. Thank you for listening to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Learn more at oacvancouver.ca. If you're in Vancouver, join us for worship Saturdays at 11 a.m. at 5350 Bailey Street. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. God bless you and have a wonderful day.